welcome to the Detroit Joe Podcast. It is my pleasure to be back on the podcast with more outstanding guests. Today, Lawrence Wilson, our guest, is from the Detroit Recovery Project. If you don't know of this organization, please research them. They are out here saving many lives. Lawrence is going to refresh, or should I say, bring us back to our senses. Many of us, with myself included, have not heard much in the last 10 years or more about AIDS, HIV, and many STDs. Last summer, we heard a little bit about monkeypox, which this summer has seemed to have faded away. I just assumed that HIV was gone and people knew how to protect themselves from STDs. The LGBTQ community educated the public and raised money for research and treatment. Governments around the world did the same. So I thought we were in the clear. I did have concern about online dating and all young people who were not being educated in once called sex education classes. Well, people, it seems we are slowly going backwards. Thanks to a social worker in our city who deals with drug addiction, I found Lawrence. He is one of the people on the front line trying to educate and save lives. There are so many questions that need to be answered. I hope that you will educate others by spreading the word. Detroit Joe Podcast welcomes Lawrence Wilson. Thank you. And thank you for coming here. Lawrence, first, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became a social worker in the sex field? Absolutely. Thank you, Ms. King. Thank you, um, audience members, for being here as well. Uh, well, my name again is Lawrence Wilson. I am from the west side of Detroit. Um, I grew up off of Finkelin, Wyoming. <laughs> and I graduated from Cass Tech High School in 2000. I am a community health worker and a peer recovery coach working in the social work field at Detroit Recovery Project as the community relations liaison and social media and marketing coordinator and event planning, <laughs> event planning coordinator as well. What prompted me to get into the recovery field and the HIV prevention field um, is because I am a person thriving with HIV, um, PTWH. Um, some people call it a PLWH, person living with HIV, but I like to say thriving with HIV because I am living, breathing proof that, you know, you can still live life healthily and joyfully with HIV. I'm also someone in recovery. I just celebrated 59 months 
from being in uh, recovery from alcohol and opioid use. And Congratulations. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, September 21st, 2018 is my sobriety date. And it was honestly uh, me getting HIV that prompted me into wanting to live a healthier life. I lost a sibling on Valentine's Day in 2015 to an opioid overdose. And that kind of got me into knowing about the field. Like I learned about Narcan. I learned about fentanyl test strips at that time when I lost my sibling. It didn't stop me from, you know, using in my addiction. It was when I was diagnosed with HIV in 2018 that I realized, okay, if I want to keep down my antiretroviral medication, I need to quit drinking from seven in the morning to two in the morning, seven days a week. So I was able to go to um, detox at St. Joe's Hospital in Ann Arbor, and I haven't had a drink since. And you know, everything that you have said is just amazing. Thank you. And I am so happy for you. A lot of people think if you get a certain illness that you out of here. Yeah. But thanks to these great scientists Absolutely. and the doctors, we are all staying. That's right. We're not going to say, well, I'm going to stay for another two or three years. I had cancer twice and um, wow. I am staying. I just got over a, you know, stroke. Yes. And God was, God was, you know, good. All the time. And, um, we gonna stay here. Yes, we, we are. We we gonna we gonna gonna be real old folk. Yes. Okay. My mama from Mississippi. We say Andy is. <laughs> Andy is. <laughs> All right. All right. Yes. Uh, did you see these STDs and HIV? Did, did you see that slowly creeping in, or was it like pow? It was bad. You mean as far as um, in the community? Mm -hmm. You know, I really heard a lot about HIV and STIs or STDs. I would say in my early 20s, I was diagnosed when I was 36 years old. And I can remember hearing, you know, that the age group of 18 to 25 was really the target group. You know, gay men that slept with other men that were in the age group of 18 to 25. So I heard a lot of messaging around that. I believe that in my situation, I really became um, numb to it. You know, I didn't believe that I was in the target group anymore in my 30s. So I became a little careless because of the lack of messaging. And, you know, when I went to the doctor or urgent care, I was never spoken to about PrEP, pre-exposure prophylaxis. Um, I had never heard of it until I was diagnosed. And PrEP had been around for a few years, you know, since I had been diagnosed. And for those that don't know, PrEP, you know, is a pill that you can take every day to prevent you from, you know, acquiring HIV if you are exposed to it, if you are negative. So that would have been something great that I would have definitely, mm -hmm. you know, taken on if I would have learned. So I think that um, the education surrounding HIV, STIs, how you can acquire it, the messaging needs to be a lot stronger. We have um, populations that are sometimes left out. Black women are really left out, unfortunately, and the statistics show that like one in five Black women are at risk of being exposed um, or being diagnosed with HIV. So we need to definitely, you know, harp up our efforts in messaging. And also um, PrEP, which we uh, discussed a few seconds ago, the pre-exposure prophylaxis 
it's not being used a lot amongst even the high targeted population um, gay men. Like a lot of gay black men are not on PrEP study show. Like I, I look at AIDSVU.org a lot to get, you know, some of my AIDS statistics. And white men are more on PrEP um, than anyone else, which, you know, it's kind of concerning. Um, I mean, it's great that they're on it, but we need more people who are being diagnosed more, which is gay black men and now black women. Like we need to. And that's a problem mm -hmm. with health care yes. for black people. Absolutely. You know, and we don't get the message mm -hmm. when we go to many places, uh, to hospitals. We don't get the, you know, treatment. Yeah. They they will see us there in the emergency room and say, well, that's just another drug addict. Yeah. And I have mentioned this on this podcast. We have to be proactive. That's right. And we have to get the message out. Yes. You have just educated me. Oh, and, you awesome. know, and you would think that I would know something, you know, because I read. But a lot of things that are important, it's not getting out to us. You're right. So we all have got to be the healthcare teachers Absolutely. and try to help each other. That's right. You know, there was a time when we had sex ed. Mm -hmm. Well, parents, and I'm going to put it on parents. <laughs> okay. They didn't want their kids to take it. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And this is what happens when you take important classes mm -hmm. out of your school or say, as a parent, I think I have the right to, you know, teach it. Well, guess what, parent? You don't know nothing either. Yeah. So how are you going to teach? Absolutely. You know. Unfortunately, the first time I had sex, I was 14 years old, you know, and when my mom, when I told her when I was an adult, she's like, what? You were 14? I'm like, yeah, I was 14 when the first time I had sex and I didn't know anything about condoms, you know, like it was a conversation that was taboo in our household. I do remember that, you know, I had a condom that was given to me by another family member and my mom threw it away. <laughs> When I was like, she said, he don't need that. Right, he don't need that. I was like 12 or 13. And I remember she threw it in the garbage. Like, who gave you that? You don't need that. I'm like, you know, and then a few years later, I wound up, you know, being approached with, you know, having sex. And that's not a conversation that I, I had. You know, how, how would you talk about this? And we might as well, you know, talk to our kids about it in a professional and educational format so that they can be informed about what decisions they want to make because it'll be out there in front of their face whether you want to talk to them about it or not. It'll be out there. It's in the music. It's in movies. It's, it's, it's everywhere. everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, when I was teaching, I had a drama class. I love drama. And, <laughs> I, I do. Yes. and one of my characters was a lipstick lesbian. Okay. And I knew about lipstick lesbians because my god sister's one. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that don't know what a lipstick lesbian is, she's beautiful. Yes, she <laughs> That's is. all I can tell you. <laughs> you know, she's very, very pretty. Uh, is. <laughs> uh, she, she She doesn't look masculine. Right. She's a beautiful, you know, person. Mm -hmm. And she was one of the, you know, characters. We weren't even talking about sex. Mm -hmm. And I was told... Well, we had a, a lot of phone calls and parents did not like you uh, speaking on it. Here I was teaching at an all girls school and a whole whole lot of lesbians. Exactly. And you telling me 
don't talk about it. See, and, <laughs> and, and, and this is, I'm going to say it's our ignorance. Definitely. And a lot of it has to do with black folk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, we still want to play like we are not gay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jesus, he never spoke up. You know, we get the religion thing. Mm-hmm. All that. Maybe you see that as, you know, true. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, it's everywhere. It's everyone. I would, you know, <laughs> it's interesting because I had a conversation with another outreach worker a few weeks ago. And we were talking about how she did an outreach at a church and they were kind of reluctant about her coming to speak about STIs and HIV. And she said um, she left some condoms in the bathroom and in a bowl. And she, you know, for a test, like, let's leave these condoms in the bathroom by the end of the service. Let's see. And they were all gone. She left a bowl of condoms in the bathroom and they were all gone. So your people in church are having sex. Yes, yes, <laughs> uh, yes, are. yes, they are. But, you know, we still want to um, play like it's just the uh, minister of music, you know. Like, right. Like, <laughs> you know, we, we, we have a lot of, you know, isms yes. that, are, uh, that are really causing us to have issues now. Absolutely. We need to meet people where they are. Yes. Absolutely. And even though that you don't like it, you need to face up to it. Mm-hmm. And as I always say, and I don't want to say this on this podcast, <laughs> I know that a lot of my friends are, you know, religious. Who do you care who's yeah. who's screwing who? Exactly. I mean, if you ain't screwing uh, with them. Right. Why do you care? I once why had, you care? had this student and... um. We had a, a sub who was, you know, gay. Okay. And she came running down the steps. Miss King, he is gay. I said, so uh, so why are you upset? Do you want to do him? Right. No, yeah. I want to do him. <laughs> exactly. King, why you say that? I said, I, I'm just asking. Why are you so concerned about it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing. Um I have ran into encounters of people like sometimes, you know, you just speak to someone and they like, gay mother have speaking to me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm just saying good morning, you know, <laughs> but it does, you know, make you think like maybe that's just their own insecurities, you know, about their sexuality. But you would think that we would have come a long way. Absolutely. When I was in the hospital, there was this um, nurse. And she uh, she was a trans woman. Mm-hmm. And I said, thank God that she here working. Yeah. Because you ain't got no nurses. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so, so, so I hope that no one's giving her a, a hard time. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. But that's the issue we really need to, you know, work on. Definitely. Uh, after all the hard work mm-hmm. and treatment and research, why would anyone older who's my age or a little younger, take that type of risk now without being protected? You know, I, I think it goes back to like when I was 36 and I was diagnosed, I really thought that I was out of the demographics. So I think that the older we get, sometimes we get set in our ways and we think that, you know, we're the God of our own lives of sorts, okay. you know, and that we we have it under control. And as long as you ask the right questions to the person, you know, have you been tested? Are you negative? You know, and they answer you to where you believe it, then you're okay. But some people lie, you know. <laughs> yeah, some people lie. Yeah. And older people, younger people, you know, some people lie about their statuses. 
And unless you are with that person while you're getting tested and you're getting the results with them, I would say, you know, we should all protect ourselves, older, younger. But I do feel that a lot of our older generations, like it's, you know, like they want their kids to be exposed to it. And then it's like the older generation also doesn't want to really talk about it because they don't feel like it affects them, I feel. Mm -hmm. Some of the, I should say a few of the people that I grew up with that would, if they were still alive, they would be 70. Yeah. And they truly did not know that they were gay. Hmm. They knew something wasn't right. Yeah. But it wasn't until later on hmm. and AIDS took both of them. Wow. You know? Yeah. And there were probably more, but I just recently found out that's what happened to these two. Oh, wow. And this one, and this one person growing up, uh, I have an older sister and, okay. you know, and she could only get out the house some of the time if she took me, you know. Okay. So, <laughs> I know about that. <laughs> so, yeah. so I have a little sister. You know, that, 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 was, yeah. that was me. So her friends really didn't want to have this young girl because we talk too much. We go home yeah. and tell it all. Mm -hmm. But there was one that was always loving. Yeah. And, you know, caring. And I was telling his brother that how much I miss him. He has since passed. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, Joe, my brother loved strays. And he looked at me and he started laughing. Okay. I said, well, I guess I was, that I was a stray. <laughs> you know, because I was not cool, you know. You know, so, but he was the one. Yeah. And he later became a pastor. So. And uh, he left us young. Yeah. And I think that we would have been so better off if he was still here. Awesome. Yeah, but His legacy lives on. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I uh, mentioned in the opening that mm -hmm. young people might not have been educated in sex ed. Yeah. But I should have mentioned, and this kills me, <laughs> the elderly. Yeah. People in nursing homes. Yeah. They, are, they have STDs. Mm -hmm. Please explain how this could happen. Well, sex, number one. Um, I think that we missed that STIs or STDs, sexually transmitted infections or sexually transmitted diseases can be transmitted um, not just from penetration. You know, it can be through oral sex. Um, there's even like you can get it if, on your hands. If you have sores in your hands, you can get it on your hands. Like syphilis can be on your hands. It can be in your hands okay. and you have signs of it in your feet as well. You can get um, your nose is also another opening uh, where you can get an STI. I think that um, with the older population, you know, we deal with dementia, uh, things like that. So, you know, if someone's being taken advantage of, you know, in that aspect, then they may be more susceptible to an STI. But I think, again, it goes back to the education and, you know, the feeling of that we're out of that category. We don't need to protect ourselves as much. I'm also a part of the Southeastern Michigan HIV AIDS Council, SIMHAC, and we do extensive teaching to the older community, 55 and over, 
about STIs. Like we purposefully do that because we know that's a sector of our community that's not being educated or tapped into a lot as far as their sexual health. And um, everyone's sexual health is important. Our seniors, our young people, our middle-aged people. And um, SimHack is definitely an organization that's trying to push the message out to all communities. Okay. Yeah. So some people think that, well, you know, AIDS is spread because some people are just lazy and they and oh they no will, and they will not, <laughs> and they will not use you know condoms and you know I don't want to put myself out there yeah. but uh, you know when that we were young and I, and when I say yeah I, I'm talking about people uh-huh. twenty two yes <laughs> uh, when I <laughs> uh, there would be you know times when men would not want to use condoms. Yeah. And, you know, and that and that black men really wouldn't. It yeah. wasn't until AIDS got out there. Exactly. And then they were ready to strap up. Yeah. But, you know, before then, yeah. you know, they weren't, you know, interested, you mm-hmm. know. Do you think that a lot of people know that they can spread syphilis and everything, but they just want the freedom to do what they want to do? I think that a lot of people are unlearned about the fact that some STIs are asymptomatic and that you may not have any symptoms. So it's good to get tested frequently if you are sexually active. I think that people probably also think that a lot of STIs are just for gay people. Like when the AIDS epidemic first came out back in the early 80s, it was, I believe it was like the three H's, people who were homosexual hemophiliacs and Haitians, like those are were the only groups of people that people thought could get HIV when mm-hmm. in, in fact it was all populations are at risk of contracting HIV. If you are, you know, sharing needles with someone, um, you can get hepatitis C or HIV and women can give it to men as well. I think that, you know, we just need to, again, just educate our communities a little bit better about it. I'm probably got off of the question a little bit, but, um, you know, HIV and STIs are not just a gay issue. They are a community issue, you know, even as far as, you know, we've recently found out that mothers who are HIV positive can have children and those children can come out HIV negative as long as the mother is taking her ART or antiretroviral medication, which um, causes you to be undetectable. U equals U means undetectable equals untransmittable, which is what I am right now. So I actually am unable to spread HIV to anyone through sexual contact. But that doesn't mean, you know, that I don't have to still use condoms as an added barrier to, you know, help me not to get an STI. I still need to use condoms in that aspect. But I think, I mean, just to be honest, like, Condomless sex, it feels good. (laughs) And that's why a lot of people, you know, don't want to do it. But we have thin condoms, you know. Scientists are looking at now uh, to come out with a vaccine for HIV. You know, Um, hopefully that'll be out soon in addition to PrEP. So people have an added barrier of protection for them. Okay. All right. Um, I don't want to sound like an old lady. but, (laughs) but, But I am. Uh, where are the morals? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, 
you know, there, there's a remnant. <laughs> I'll tell you this, you know, I, I totally understand what you mean by that question. And being in the community and being a same gender loving, you know, black man, I do have that issue myself sometimes, you know, looking at the community and, you know, we are a very sexualized community, the LGBT community, I must admit. We are very, very sexualized. I mean, I must admit, since I've been diagnosed, I've, this is the less, the least amount of sex I've had. <laughs> I still get hit on, though, but I don't know. I do, but, and, and, and I don't drink anymore. So maybe I'm thinking a lot more, you know, but I, you know, we, that's something that as the co-chairman of SimHack, and one of my goals next year when I become the chairman of the Southeastern Michigan HIV and AIDS Council is to promote more wholesome activities in our community that welcomes the whole family. You know, a lot of times when we have certain events, they are more geared towards the sex world. You know, people okay. who are want to be swingers or, you know, multiple partners. This new phrase of non-monogamy that I was just introduced to a few years ago in the field. You know, we all have different paths and different ways to give us joy and make us happy. But we also need to realize that, you know, when we're practicing these things outside of monogamy or abstinence, that we do have a real epidemic of HIV and STIs and monkeypox is resurging again. I just got my vaccine for that last Saturday at an event. You know, the morals are forgotten sometimes and not sometimes, a lot of times, unfortunately, but we need, um, you know, we have organizations like Gospel Against AIDS out there who will come out and coordinate testing and they will also offer prayer, you know, to give us that spiritual aspect that we're missing in the community, which I am very appreciative for. And uh, Minister Roslyn over there, hey, Minister Roslyn, if you're listening, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I really believe that I love God. Okay, like I do. Um, I grew up in church. I was a choir director for a number of years on the praise team. And through my diagnosis um, and through my recovery, I pray every day. I listen to more gospel music than anything else. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that our bodies are the temple of God and that mm -hmm. we should take care of them and cherish them and nourish them. And, and that's for everybody. This is for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> our bodies are temples, you yes. know, and we need to make sure that we are taking care of them. And I don't know if a lot of people realize, like I went to Oral Roberts University for a few years and, you know, I learned a lot there. And one of the things that I learned is that, um, you know, sex is spiritual. You know, it's not just a physical activity that it opens up another part of you that you don't even see. And when you're not with this person, you know, you may be having these thoughts and feelings and dreams like, why am I feeling like this? Why is this? It's because you are spiritually attached to this person or the 15 people you were with for the last week, you know? Mm -hmm. And when we are trying to get free and deliver from certain things or, you know, find peace, a lot of times it's because we have those soul ties to other people that we've been laying up with. And it's hard to break those unless you have a really strong connection to a higher power, God, Jesus. Ooh, I'm yeah. glad to hear you say that. Absolutely. Uh, I honestly am. Um, there are people in the trans community mm -hmm. that um, I'm going to say this, and they may 
they may be upset, Uh-oh. but many of them are self-absorbed. Okay. And uh, a friend of mine said, well, give her a chance. Mm-hmm. She's enjoying being a woman. And she will come down. She won't keep throwing it into people's face mm-hmm. about, you know, look at me. Yeah. And she practices risky sex. Yeah. And I have never asked her, uh, you know, why are you doing this when you could get AIDS? Yeah. So um, it's like, what do you even say? Yeah. Now, I know that there are people in the trans community, are that's how they make their money. Yeah, survival sex. Yeah, yeah you know, and uh, I feel bad that they can't think of anything else that they can do yeah. other than make money having sex. Yeah. And they're having sex with straight people. Yeah. So they are the problem too. Absolutely. You know, I have a, a very good friend in the in the industry who um, you know, works with the trans community. And I would say nine out of ten of the men that are sleeping with uh trans women are straight or they they are proclaimed to be straight men. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, our society is not very welcoming or we're getting to the point where we're more welcoming of the trans community. Um, I had a trans sibling, the, the sibling that passed away on Valentine's Day in 2015 from a fentanyl overdose. My sibling was trans. And I think that the reason why a lot of trans people feel that that's the only way to go for the Bible sex is because of the way that they're received. Like maybe when they're trying to apply for jobs or mm-hmm. when they're, you know, trying to just live their life, go to the grocery store, you know, and people are gawking at them or making remarks about them. You know, it's, I could imagine that it, it's hard navigating life as a cisgender person, as a trans person in the world that we live in. I hate that for them that they, you know, that a lot of trans people do feel that that's the only way that they can be successful or prosperous is to, you know, sleep with strangers because all the women that have been murdered, you know, in the city of Detroit by straight men. I have heard that. Oh, yeah. And is it true that most of them are dark-skinned women? You know, I have never thought about that. I know one recently I'm thinking of, she was light-skinned. Um, she had a pretty little dog, too. Um, but I, I don't know. I would say it's probably a toss-up, I would say. A toss-up. Yeah. Or maybe it's more in um, New York. Because you have okay. a lot of Latin, oh yeah, um, trans people, yeah, and they are considered the pretty ones. Okay, you know, so maybe, maybe they leave the pretty ones alone, yeah. and that they will go after the dark, which they consider not pretty. But as we, as you know, dark skin is. Oh, my mother's dark skin. Dark is be beautiful. <laughs> We are honey. Yeah, yes. we are absolutely. I prefer dark skin men too. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, and I think that um, you know, just again, educating the community about trans people, what it what it means to be trans, and then these men who are on the download, who are going out here and the customers of there wouldn't be an industry if there weren't customers. You know, supply and demand. So. True. If there weren't people out here, you know, buying the sex from them, then they wouldn't have it to do. But these men who are doing this, though, on the down low and, you know, they some of them have wives and children and, you know, or they're pastors sometimes. 
you know, it's sad because they can't come out and be who they are. And it all goes back to stigma, you know, because these men are not, or they feel like they can't, you know, because I'm definitely living out loud in my truth, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm unharmed, thank God. (laughs) And I feel that's what is, you know, spearing the anger, um, how they are so passionately killing these women. You know, it's because all of that built up oppression of them not being able to live who they are out loud in front of their families or at their jobs or in their churches. They aren't able to be who they are. So they live these secret lives and then they get with these women and they treat them like crap or they kill them, you know? Oh my gosh, that's sad. Yeah. Well, what do they say to you when you're out in the community and you're trying to help them? Yeah. Do they accept the help or do they say, look, this is the best that I can do? Are they more open to you than what yeah. they would be to to maybe some family members? Well, in the gay community, there's a word that you probably may hear a lot, chosen family. So a lot of um, people in the LGBT community, we have chosen families. And when I go to Palmer Park, we do a lot of outreach there. Detroit Recovery Project has partnered um, a lot of CBOs community-based organizations and ASOs, aid service organizations have partnered with the Detroit Health Department and the Ending the HIV Epidemic Initiative at the Pull-Up Project. And it's called the Pull-Up Project at Palmer Park. So we go out there every other week, um, but organizations are out there all throughout the month providing services to the community. And in doing that, we do reach a lot of the trans community and they are very open and receptive to us. But if you're nice to them, they're, they're people too. You know, if you're nice to them, they'll be nice to you. If you offer them a water, you know, or like, you know, the young lady who um, passed away, unfortunately, but I remember she used to come by all the time, her and her little dog. Oh gosh, I'm gonna get a little emotional, but I just remember her coming by all the time and we just, you know, would have conversations and, mm-hmm. you know, her and my friend Blair, who works at the Detroit Health Department now. But, you know, it, as long as you treat them like they're people and just talk to them, how's your day? How's your dog? What'd you do yesterday? You know, what are yes. you having for dinner tonight? That's my go-to. What are you having for dinner tonight? I always ask that question or I accept to change the subject when it's getting uncomfortable. <laughs> so, but I definitely have felt a warm reception uh, from the trans community personally and professionally. There's people who work in organizations, I believe uh, Corktown, and there's a few organizations out there where we have visibility from the trans community out there in the field, uh, just showing us that trans people can be more than just sex workers, uh, that trans people can Absolutely. be professionals, that they can own organizations. I can't think of her name right now, but there is a, uh, a young lady who owns an organization. She's very much so about promoting positivity amongst the trans community, elevating them, educating them. And I'm all for it. You know, I definitely am. You know, but just being a voice, um, Inviting them into our spaces and going into their spaces, I think, is a big thing, too. Like there was an, an event this past Saturday that I went to to table with SimHack and we were it was a trans event and it was um, an all day event from like 12 to 6. But just going and being in their spaces and showing that you're accepting of them, you know, not judgmental and that you're here to learn. And that's what they want. That's what they appreciate. You know, I love going to affirmations to test out in Ferndale. Um, That's a um, trans positive place. And, you know, I've always feel welcome wherever I go. I can definitely say that I sometimes I feel more welcome in the trans space than I do, you know, Mm -hmm. amongst my, you know, where I grew up sometimes, you know, like I definitely do. Like they're very positive 
group of people. I can definitely say that when you get to know them and, you know, they allow you in their circle, you know, you can definitely, you know, they're, they're people just like we are. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people want to stare. Yeah. That's you right. know, um, when I lived in um, New York, because New York is wild. And, yeah. <laughs> I've never yeah, been, but I hear. <laughs> and um, if you were down in the village then, I mean, yeah. this, this is, I'm talking about the 70s, mm-hmm. you know, the trans community hung together, which made sense. Absolutely. You know? and, and people would look and people would, you know, stare. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, well, that's just another person. Exactly. You know. Clothes. What is clothes? <laughs> I mean, clothes is something that covers you up. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. why why they get caught up in all that? You know, yeah. if a person finds out that they test mm-hmm. uh, HIV, STDs, where can they go? Thank you for that question. There's a couple places you can go um, in southeastern Michigan. If you ever just like need to find somewhere to go. You can always go to simhack.org, the Southeastern Michigan HIV and AIDS Council, simhack.org, S-E-M-H-A-C.org. And you can go to our resources and find a location to test near you. You can also um, order a HIV self-test kit to your home. There's a couple of organizations that offer that. The Detroit Health Department offers um, HIV self-test kits from home. You can go to SimHack's um, page again, go to our resources. And it'll guide you to there. Um, If you want to get a test in office, the Detroit Recovery Project, we have our Eastside location on 1121 East McNichols Road. We'll test you there. We also have our Westside location at 1145 West Grand Boulevard. We can do testing there for HIV, syphilis, and hepatitis C. There's another organization that I used to work for, uh, Unify HIV Health and Beyond. They have a location on the east side of Detroit off of Mount Elliott and Gratiot, I believe. And then they have another location in Ypsilanti. They test for hepatitis C, HIV, syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia. You can set up a test with Unify by going to www.miunify.org. www.miunify.org. There's Corktown Health Center who offers testing. There's Matrix, I believe they offer testing. Matrix Human Services, I believe it's called. But Corktown Health Center, they for sure offer it. I don't have their contact information. And then there's, what's up? Wayne State University Prevention, which is a program out of the Detroit Health Department STD Clinic, which is on 50 East Canfield in Detroit. So what's up? Wayne State University Prevention. But At the end of the day, you can always give us a call at Detroit Recovery Project, 313-365-3100. And we can uh, refer you to the right resources for whatever you need um, outside of testing or to schedule a test in office for you. And you don't have to pay money, right? It is free. (laughs) It is so good to know that you can go anywhere in the city and get the help that you need. Yes, you can. And a lot of people did not know it. Mm-hmm. My mother worked for the health department. Really? And, yeah, when she was alive and kicking. Okay. And uh, I did not know it, but she was then, she was writing grants for uh, oh. AIDS. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, awesome. she, I'm sure that she is, you know, missed yeah. by not 
just by her children. Absolutely. But, but by others. Yeah. What is one thing or two things that you want everybody to know? I know I want people to know that people are people. That's right. I mean, that we all are going to leave here. We are. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. But what one thing do you want people to know about STDs and all these other things? I would like everyone to know. Uh, first of all, I would like to say, in spite of everything or despite everything, make today great. Because that is a phrase that I say all the time. And that's an ode to my recovery um, in the serenity prayer at the end. We go just for today. And then I always say, make today great. Uh, but what I would like everyone to know is that if you are reactive, is what we call when you test in the field. Reactive means a preliminary positive. If you are preliminary positive in the field, if you test positive for HIV, hepatitis C, syphilis, or anything, just know that it's not the end of the world. Okay. That you can live and it's not the end. You can still make today great. You can make it. You can make it. You can make it. Absolutely. No, that is absolutely beautiful. Well, you know, thank you, Lawrence. Thank you, Miss uh, I'm sure that you saved somebody today. I hope so. Yes, that you, is good. Yes, yes <laughs> you did. And please feel free to come back. I would love to. And anytime, if there's a message or something that you need, yes. come on the Detroit Joe podcast because we are about making people smarter and yes. making people stronger. Amen. I want people that who live in this city to stay in this city. That's right. You know, I, I don't want anybody getting pushed out, anybody thinking they got to run out. Yes. This is your city. Yes. And I want them to, you know, stay. That's right. And now for my two cents. All right. Please don't look at this as just a little problem that can be easily solved. Look back to the past. Or ask someone about the past. It was a sad time for the country. Many did not make it. We lost some good people. Whether you rich, poor, black, white, Christian, Jews, or whatever, it can happen to you. Now, it's not my business but I'm going to say it anyhow. <laughs> Is that peace really worth it? Baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Detroit Joe signing off. Hey, whatever you do, walk in love and peace. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>